We're going to be in Matthew chapter 11, and we are going to be in verse 28 to 30. I'm sure it's probably a familiar passage to some of you guys, and it is just packed with so many different truths and so much to so much just meat to garner from this that uh, we are only going to be touching the surface of what the Lord is really going to be talking about here. So verse 28 begins and says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So beginning in verse 28, Jesus starts off with an invitation to come to him. And he's making a personal invitation here, which is authoritative. He's saying, hey, come to me. I am the one that you guys need to be coming to. People were used to hearing the law. They were used to hearing new rules to follow, new traditions that the scribes and Pharisees had decided, guys, you, got, you really need to be doing this now. And everyone's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Well, they're, they're, the, they're in the know, so who am I to argue? And all of these different things just being added over time. People were used to hearing the scribes and Pharisees teach from the book, teach from the law. But Jesus was speaking with true authority because not only is he the author of life, but he's the author of the very book that the scribes and Pharisees are actually teaching from. Jesus was the author, and so he is the author coming to the people saying, come to me, and everybody else can stand aside and just accept the fact that the author's come, and he's making a clear statement here. <laughs> Jesus didn't call them to a new rule to follow or a new tradition here. He's putting forward an invitation. He's not presenting himself and saying, all right, guys, I've got a new, new list of rules here. I want you guys to be following. He comes over and he says, come to me. This is a personal invitation. It's something where he's not just saying, oh, go to that guy over there. You know, he's, he's good or go to the father. But he's actually inviting people to himself. This is a personal invitation. It's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation of trust. It's an invitation not to hear more wisdom, but an invitation of refreshment, an invitation of rest. And this was for people to come to him for that rest. And it's an invitation that nobody else could match. No scribe or Pharisee could turn around and say the same thing. They couldn't say, oh, come to me. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, come to me. Because to be perfectly honest, the scribe and the Pharisee is not really going to be able to do much about it. All that they're going to be able to say is, go to God. But here is God presenting himself, saying, come to me. Nobody could fulfill with such authority what Jesus was declaring here. This is an invitation to Jesus, to a person, not to a ritual, not to a religious practice. And it's put out to all who labor and are heavy laden. Or some translations say, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. 
And this is a self-qualifying invitation. It's to anyone and everyone. People can look at their lives and say, I'm weary, I'm heavy laden. I can go to Jesus. Because Jesus isn't being exclusive in who this is out to, but he's being exclusive in who they can come to. He's saying, anybody and everybody, if you are weary and heavy laden, come to me. They just need to recognize that they are laboring and that they are carrying heavy burdens. And this extends not just to people who were listening at the time. Jesus is just speaking to these people. No, this is to us as well. When we recognize that we are weary and heavy laden, we too can accept that invitation that Jesus offers. Just this week, uh, I didn't end up participating in the uh, what did God do this week because uh, I am going to share it now. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, the Lord decided that he actually wanted to uh, teach me and really remind me of what I was going to be speaking on. And so consequently, this week ended up being somewhat of a heavy week. A bunch of different things went wrong. Uh, the enemy was attacking in different ways. Uh, the electric and gas at our place was uh, just stopped working. And they're like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Um, and uh, every project for work suddenly had its demands. Uh, church had its own needs. And many other things all just started piling on. And uh, think, then things didn't work, or blew up, or whatever else it was. The labor was much, and the burdens had piled up. And I began to find myself weary and heavy laden. And I was sat there, and I just was on the bed, and I was like, I'm tired. I'm weary. <laughs> and the Lord reminded me of this verse. He reminded me, yeah, you recognize that? Good. Then come to me. Yeah? As I, rem as I then thought, yeah, Lord, I need to go to you. And so I just spent time with the Lord. And then Alyssa and I both spent time with the Lord. Just praying, just asking the Lord about different things, trusting him with other things. And I went to him and I sought my rest there. And you know what I found? Weirdly enough, the Lord helped because he loves us and he cares for us because he is gracious and merciful. He says that he will help us. He offers us this invitation and it is an invitation that he follows through on. So he helped me in the different situations that I was facing and he helped me in the midst of those situations. Because sometimes the Lord will sort things out, and sometimes the Lord needs to sort us out. The reality is that this invitation to come to Jesus is quite unlike any invitation that you will receive in your life. Quite unlike any invitation anybody else can offer. Because it's a personal invitation. It's filled with authority. And it's the confidence to trust and find rest in the presence of the almighty God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, that he delights in having a relationship with us. But what do we find our rest from? Well, it tells us here, the first thing is our labor. It's that active thing. It's the involved weight. It's the working 
self-sufficiency. Sometimes we can find ourselves trying to wrench life's pieces and just squeeze things together or trying to fit pieces together or just working overtime to try and create these moments of rest when the reality is our rest isn't found in that. Our rest is found in Jesus. Self-sufficiency in our labor can be revealed in us trying to gain what we hope for. You know, whether that's more money because we're like, oh, I need to do this, and we can do that. We can seek for an early retirement, and it can be anything else. But these things themselves, while some of them may not be wrong, the heart behind them is going to reveal the motive. The heart behind why we're doing those things is going to reveal, am I just doing these things because of a lack of trust in the Lord? Am I doing these things because I'm trying to be self-sufficient and not relying on the Lord for these things. Then there are the burdens that are laid upon us, these passive things, being weighed down by life outside of our control. Sometimes we make those burdens heavier than they were before. Sometimes someone can just ask a simple thing and it becomes a much bigger weight because you decide this means a lot more than it really does. And I know I do that quite a bit. Sometimes someone will ask for something, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do like this and this and this. Like recently someone said, oh, uh, I had a, uh, a 360 experience thing done for uh, one of the properties that I own. Could you put this on my website? And in my mind, I'm getting excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, we could do this and this. That would be really cool. And he's like, no, I just want to link to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I was ready to make this a much bigger burden than this person really wanted it to be in the first place. And sometimes we can just add to our labor. Sometimes these burdens are a natural part of life. Sometimes these are weights that actually shouldn't have been placed upon us in the first place. And Jesus mentions about this in Matthew 23, verse 4. He says of the scribes and Pharisees, for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Sometimes people will just place things upon us that they don't want to have to deal with. Sometimes we have things laid upon us by, it might not even be a specific person, it might just be circumstances. And all of these things will come together. The people were burdened, and we are burdened by different things in our lives. The people at the time were burdened by the weight of the law and the many traditions that had been placed upon it. The people were burdened ultimately by the weight of their sin. However, Jesus said in response to all of these burdens, every single burden that you can think of, he is saying, come to me. Jesus offered what Psalm 55 verse 22 spoke of. David's crying out, and he says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Jesus offered this rest, that if we come to him and we cast our burdens on him, he will give us rest. And this is a rest unlike any other rest. Our sins were laid upon him. The sin that weighs us down, the sin that weighs upon us, 
was laid upon Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb of Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. Jesus offers for us to come to him and trust him by taking his yoke upon us. So the first thing that we need to do if we're going to go to Jesus is we need to recognize our burden, our labor. We need to recognize, first of all, if we haven't gone to Jesus, we need to recognize our sin and come to him to say, I am burdened by this. I see no hope, but hope is found in Jesus Christ. So the next step, once we've recognized, is to go to Jesus for that rest that he promises, to take his yoke, as he says. And Jesus emphasized this, emphasizes this, that his yoke is to be received. It's a gift. It's not like Jesus is saying, all right, all you guys, come to me. Uh, if you give me 100 denarii, I'll give you some, I'll give you rest. No, this is a free gift. This is Jesus just saying, throughout time, come to me and I will give you rest. Because he's still living. He is still able to offer that rest. And people were used to the idea of yokes. We might not be as used to the idea of yokes in the same way that Jesus is talking about. He's obviously not talking about an egg yoke here. That would be a really peculiar way of looking at things. Um, he is talking about the yokes that they would use in farming, the yokes that they would use to put around the cattle's neck as they do work. People were used to then talking about the yoke in terms of um, just compartmentalizing sections of life. Like they'd say, oh, this is the yoke of God, or this is the yoke of the law, or the yoke of whatever it was. Whatever labor it was, it was the yoke of that particular thing. And while we may not use yokes to talk about life in that way, we still compartmentalize life. We still say, oh, this is this part of life and this part of life. But Jesus is offering a different yoke. One yoke to take, one yoke to bear, one yoke to rule them all. Slight Lord of the Rings reference. This is a yoke <laughs> that Jesus says to take. And this is a yoke that is wonderfully good. It is a yoke that is a good gift from God. But it's a yoke that we don't just take and walk off with. It's a yoke that we take and then we learn from him. To learn from him in the position of being in this yoke. Jesus isn't someone that we just go to for salvation and then walk away from. He shouldn't be. Sometimes we treat it like that. He invites us to a personal relationship with him. Oxen in the day would use yokes. And what would often happen is you had this young oxen that the farmer's like, yeah, this guy's good. He's going to grow up strong, but I want him to do the certain work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie him in a yoke to a stronger, more experienced oxen, and they are going to plow this together. And so that's what would happen. These two would go together, the one younger, less experienced, and the one stronger and far more experienced. And so the larger, stronger oxen would help to carry the main burden of the weight, being a lot stronger. But 
they also taught that younger oxen what to do. They guided them in the way that they should go. And Jesus wants us to stay and to learn from him, to let him guide us in the way that we should go. And I remember the rest that I felt when I turned back to work with, not against the Lord. Up to the point, up to that point, I was just living life with salvation in my back pocket. I'd said, yeah, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. And then I kind of decided I want to do my own things. I was still going to church on Sunday. I was still praying before meals, but I wasn't reading the word. I just wanted to do my thing. And I didn't really think much of it until the Lord reminded me, hey, if you've come to me, what did you come to me for? Did you come to me just to get a ticket out of hell and that's it? And so that you can try and live your life? Or did you come to me because you want a relationship? Did you come to me for salvation from something to save you from your sin? Are you going to just live your own way? Are you going to live in your sin and just say, oh, well, I'm fine? Or are you going to come to me and are we going to have this relationship? And when I decided, yeah, I actually want to just live wholeheartedly for the Lord, the rest that I felt from taking that yoke and saying, I actually want to walk with you, not against you, meant that uh, I was a lot better. I was, it was a lot more restful in trying to walk with the one that I'm yoked with rather than against the one that I'm yoked with. The rest Jesus is inviting to Jesus is inviting us to is the rest that we abide with him. There's no taking the yoke and then hoping that life is going to be easy if we just go our own way. If the younger oxen tried to go its own way, it's just going to make it hard on it. It's going to find this isn't really working too well. So we need to come and labor with Christ as he helps us to do that. Trusting him, as it speaks of in Proverbs 3, verse 6, where it says, seek his will in all you do, and he will make your path straight. And as it says in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The world and the world that we live in, how we operate our normal daily lives as we go to work and as we live among the world that doesn't love Jesus in reality, it can make it a lot harder for us to be walking with Jesus. And so it's up to us to, instead of being transformed by the world, to say, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe, this, is, maybe this is okay. To instead of being a thermometer that's just going to change the temperature of whatever is going on, we can be thermostats that actually help to change the world that we're living in. We can be the salt and light that Jesus wants us to be. We can be people that are in a dark and perverse world and we can stand for the light and we can say, this is my God. This is the solid rock on which I stand. And that all these other things don't concern us because we are seeking first the kingdom of God. And so when it comes to life just trying to get at us, life trying to burden us with different things, life just, you know, seeking to change us, to make us labor for these different things, we can say, actually, if I'm going to labor, I want to labor for God. I'm going to seek first the kingdom 
And I know that God will take care of me. As he says countless times throughout his word, that if he takes, takes care for the sparrows, how much more will he take care for us? So this is taking his yoke and learning, being discipled by his word, being led by his spirit. Jesus then tells us his character. He tells us about who is going to be leading us through this. And to be perfectly honest, if I'm going to be working with someone, it's nice to know who you're going to be working with. It's nice to know if you're going to have a boss that is going to be nice and kind and gentle, or if they are very demanding and harsh. It makes you think twice. So it's good that Jesus is telling us who he is. He's telling us part of his character. Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And this is the heart of a servant, one who is gentle and lowly. And this is a little bit against what we feel an almighty God would be. You don't imagine an almighty God as gentle and lowly. The first thought is, why would God Almighty be lowly? Why would he be humble? He has nothing to be humble about. No one's going to humble God. But Jesus has the heart of a servant. He has the heart of God. He is gentle and lowly in heart. So he's gentle. He's caring. He's not demanding. He's not harsh towards others. And if we're to learn from him, are we gentle servants? Are we caring? Are we not demanding? Are we not harsh towards others? And to be perfectly honest, if I'm tired, I struggle with that. I struggle with being gentle. It's not the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not very natural to me. But Jesus calls us to learn from him. So if I'm tired, if I'm overwhelmed, if I feel burdened, if I'm laboring hard, and if things aren't working out well, the first thought in my mind isn't naturally to be kind and gentle. My first thought is, please, I'm trying to deal with this thing. And we become very narrow-minded in that. We become quite selfish in that. It's not natural to us in the flesh. But it's the kind of people that we're called to be. And if we have no rest from Jesus, if we aren't taking his yoke upon us and abiding with him, if we're not receiving that rest from those things, then how can we possibly expect to be gentle people? If we're abiding with Jesus and receiving that rest, then it makes being gentle much, much easier. doesn't mean it's all of a sudden going to become natural, but it means that the Holy Spirit is going to be helping us to be gentle people, even when things around us are seemingly overwhelming, we can be in the arms of our Savior. We can be receiving the rest in the midst of turmoil because our trust and our peace isn't based upon the situations around us. It's based upon the God in whose arms we are. So Jesus is not only gentle, but he is lowly or humble, as it says as well. The one person who doesn't need to really be humble is the one person who will never be humbled because he is the greatest will never be humbled. 
And he humbles himself and he walks in humility. He has decided, hey, I'm going to walk with you guys in his humility. He is entirely accessible and he associates himself with sinners like us. And if we are to entirely access him, then we must humble ourselves. If we're to receive his yoke, we must be humble enough to receive. You ever have those times when you try and offer someone something and they're just like, nah, 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 I'm good, thanks, I'm good. And you know it's just because they don't want to humble themselves to receive that thing because that person maybe feels like, if I do, then it, it just, like, I don't, I don't want to be looked down on or anything else like that. But when someone offers us something, we have to humble ourselves to say, yeah, I am in need, so I can receive. So if we're to receive his yoke, we must be humble enough to actually receive. We must be teachable if we are to actually learn from him. If you go to, a, if you go to school and you go to the teacher and you refuse to be teachable, how can you possibly expect to learn anything? You go and you say, okay, I'm going to let you speak so that I can learn what you have to say. But if we don't humble ourselves, if we don't sit and listen, if we don't be in the presence of God, then how do we expect him to speak to us? Sometimes it's very easy for us to just be going about life and then we're like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I want wisdom from the Lord on this thing. And then we go to the Lord, Lord, show me what to do. And then we carry on going our way and we don't sit and listen to what the Lord has to say. We don't read his word and we just go about our thing and just hope that God shows us in the midst of it. The reality is we actually need to abide with Christ. We need to sit, humble ourselves, and listen to what the Lord has to say. To be teachable, we need to be reading his word, to see what he has to say. He's already put so much there for us to look, to listen, and to hear what he has to say. And then he will speak to us through his word, and through his Holy Spirit. So we must be teachable if we are to learn from God. So then the question for each of us is, are we humble? Or do we allow pride to creep into the different areas of our lives? Do we try to hide it? Or do we crush it? And if we're to be humble, we need to actually crush our pride. We can't simply just try and hide it away, that no one else sees it, but we, we know it's there. We need to actually actively try to crush our pride. And if we're to learn from Christ, we must work with him in humility allowing him to lead us rather than saying, I know a really great way, Lord, knowing that he is almighty God. He knows the future. He's the strongest. He knows the best way to go. And sometimes we're like, I know this. It's, uh, it's this way. And the Lord's like, if you, if you listen and wait, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, this is good. And sometimes we go our own way and we kind of realize, oh, I messed up. I really should have listened to the Lord. I thought it was a good thing. And I know I've had that happen to me times when I've moved forward and I made a mistake in it, and I'm like, but Lord, I was trying to do a good thing. You know, this was going to be good. And I realize now that you were actually trying to stop me before I went ahead and did it. That, that uncomfortable feeling, that uncomfortable just pressing wasn't 
me just being, ah, I feel nervous about this, but it's okay. It was actually you speaking to me, Lord. And I should have just paid more attention to just sit in your presence and say, Lord, all right, Lord, is this you? Because I kind of think it maybe it might be you. And Lord will reveal it to us. The Lord will show us because he loves us. A parent who directs a child doesn't leave them guessing. If the kid's wondering, what should I do? And it's not entirely obvious, the parent can tell, okay, this isn't entirely obvious to you. They want to guide them in the right way. They don't just say, tough luck, buddy, figure it out. And then they stumble and they fall and they realize, "Eh, yeah, yeah, well, better luck next time, buddy. (laughs) No, a parent who loves delights in guiding their child. And so the Lord delights in guiding us. And Jesus calls us to come and to take his yoke and to learn from him. The teacher who is gentle and lowly in heart. So he's the best teacher. He guides us in all truth and grace. He is the God of all comfort and peace. He is the one who will show us the right thing to do and says, here, let me help you in that. And then when we fall, he says, all right, get back up. Let's keep going. It's okay. So Jesus calls us to come and to take his yoke, to be teachable people. And then when we allow him to teach us under this yoke, we will find rest for our souls, as it says here. And it isn't just like the magnitude of this is far more than I think we quite realize This is a beautiful rest. This is a rest beyond any other rest that we can possibly imagine. Like, imagine your dream situation of rest. Uh, It will probably differ between us. Mine probably isn't sitting in Malibu on a nice beach and whatever. I will get sunburned within 10 minutes. But some of you guys might enjoy that a lot more than I would. So imagine your dream rest, and this exceeds it. Millions and however much time you want to say. It exceeds it, and it's far beyond it, because this is a beautiful rest. Because for one, in coming to Jesus, our sin, the burden of sin, the labor in that is washed away. It's cleansed. We have our peace in Jesus Christ. No longer are we striving for salvation. No longer are we trying to keep the law, because Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ is the one who has paid our debt. And Jesus Christ is the one who has washed us clean. And so our labor and our burdens from within Jesus Christ, within being in his yoke, our labor is then established by him. He leads us in the right way to go. We can give things over to him. We can trust him with certain things that we're like, Lord, I'm thinking about this, or this is is really on my mind. I need to trust you with this and to give it to the Lord. And he is the God of all comfort and peace, that when things seem overwhelming, we can actually trust him, and we can have peace in the midst of it, that he's got us, that he's taking care of us, that all these things, he's watching out for us, because he loves us and he cares for us. This rest is truly, truly wonderful. And Jeremiah speaks about it, Isaiah speaks about it. David speaks about it. So many people mention 
this beautiful peace, this beautiful rest to those found in the Lord. Jeremiah 6, verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. It's our choice whether we want to walk in that rest. If we don't want to walk in it, then we can't really expect that rest. And as the Lord clearly says here, he's like, hey, turn back and you will find rest for your souls. But you've decided you don't want to walk in it. That's the reality of the situation. Jeremiah 31 verses 23 to 25 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, they shall again use this speech in the land of Judah and in its cities. When I bring back their cap- captivity, the Lord bless you, O home of justice and mountain of holiness. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all its cities together, farmers and those going out with flocks. For I have satisfied the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. The Lord is the one who brings that refreshing. The Lord is the one who replenishes. The Lord is the one who gives us rest as we abide with him. Psalm 116 verse 5 and 3 to 7 says, Gracious as the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. That that rest is found in Jesus. The Lord is gracious and he is righteous. The Lord is truth. The Lord is gracious towards us. That even though we may not deserve it, we can still find rest. Even when we have gotten into problems through our own mistakes, we can still turn to the Lord and say, Lord, messed up. I'm sorry. Can you please help me? And the Lord delights in being able to help us. Sometimes the Lord will teach us through that problem, and it's good that we do. But we have to humble ourselves in realizing, you know what? I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm burdened by this thing that I've, I've really done. And so we humble ourselves and we turn to the Lord. He delights in giving us rest. And the rest that the Lord gives is a beautiful, soul-satisfying rest that brings refreshing to our soul. But this rest isn't just a ceasing from all labor and burdens, but it's a a rest and a refreshment for a different work. It's no longer a personal striving in our own works, but it's a co-labored stride in God's works. When you take a day to rest, if some of you guys do that, Do you stop life and just lie in bed all day until the next day? I can imagine probably not, especially if you decide, you know what, Saturday, it's a day off, I'm going to rest. You probably don't lie in bed all day until Sunday and then get up on Sunday. No, when you take a day to rest, you will perform enjoyable, restful acts like hobbies or maybe making a nice breakfast that you don't normally get to make if you're on a work day. We still lift a finger, but it's an easier and it's a lighter burden. And this yoke of Jesus's isn't necessarily light demands, however, but it's rather a co-laboring with him where he's carrying the weight 
as we trust him with it. And then we can actually move forwards in faithful, trusting obedience. When finances are overwhelming us, we can turn to him and we can pray. We can trust that he will provide for us, that he will watch over us, that he will provide for our needs. When times are sorrowful and the weight is heavy, we can turn to Jesus. Or we can call out to him in the knowledge of who he is, the God of all comfort and peace. Knowing that we are turning to the God who not only gives us comfort and peace, but he is the same God who sits upon the throne. The God who sees our very situations that we're involved in. And the one who's actually able to make a difference where we can't. We can look at wars that are going on and we can actually pray about it. Although we might not be necessarily going in, into the battle, we can actually be there spiritually. We can be saying, Lord, I know I'm not physically able to really do much here, but I know you are. I know you are in control, that you sit on the throne and that you are able to move mightily. This, I was speaking to someone just last week about um, Ezekiel chapter 38, and because uh, they were asking about uh, with the war in Israel, whether it ties into that. And I was just saying to them how I read Ezekiel 38, and you see all these different things that are happening. <clears throat> you see all of these people coming against Israel in Ezekiel chapter 38, and you're like, what's going to happen? And you see the Lord come through mightily. You see the Lord just like clean up. And you're like, whoa. That is both very scary to be on the wrong side of the Lord and awesome to see the Lord moving mightily. And we have a relationship with that same God. And that same God who we see do these amazing acts in scripture where you're like, whoa, the Lord just did that. Or, whoa, can you believe the Lord did this? Or even sometimes you hear of stories that it might be from family members, it might be from friends, just people who say, yeah, this happened and the Lord did this. And you're like, that is an amazing, miraculous work. Whoa, I wonder if God's going to do something like that for me. And the reality is that same power that performed that act is actually with us today. The same God who is moving mightily in those people's lives is moving mightily in our lives. He's just doing different things. So when times seem sorrowful, we can turn to the Lord, knowing that he sits on the throne. And Jesus tells us what this yoke is like. He tells us what he's like, who we're going to be co-laboring with, and then he tells us what this yoke is like. Because for all we know, oh, yes, I know Jesus, but what's this yoke that you're asking me to take on? Well, the reality is we know we can trust Jesus, but he actually tells us what this yoke is. He says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And you just think, oh, okay. Whoa, that's a lot better. Thanks, Lord. I'm used to all these heavy burdens and wait, you want me to take this yoke and all the other stuff I don't have to worry about? Oh, 
Okay, Lord, thanks. This is the deal of the century, and it's not even a deal. It's a gift. You know, more than a century. But um, it isn't combinable with other yokes. It is the yoke to carry. If you're carrying this yoke, you don't have to be worrying about carrying other yokes. Because if you're carrying this yoke, then you know that you are with God who is able to deal with everything else that's going on in your life that feels overwhelming, that you don't have control over, but God does. So an oxen doesn't get yoked into many things all at once going different directions. It would be chaos, the ox would get hurt, and just if you imagine an ox being tied into one ox and they're trying to go one way and then all of a sudden a bunch of other oxen are released into the field and each oxen is then tied to this one guy. The poor guy is probably going to get very hurt. And that's not what happens. What happens is that ox is given one yoke and he goes stride by stride with the other more experienced and stronger oxen. And that's what we have with Jesus. That we take his yoke and we don't have to worry about the other yokes. Because Jesus is actually able to take care of those different things. So it's an exclusive yoke. It's the only yoke, the only true burden that we have to carry. We may face other burdens, but they're to be given to Jesus to trust him with. It's not for us to be carrying alone. We're to be yoked in. We labor not in our own works, but in his works. We're not saying, ah, great, thanks. You can help me do my thing now. And you kind of realize, because the much stronger, more experienced oxen is going a different direction, it's not really working out very well. If we notice that it's getting heavy, we're either pulling against the yoke, trying to go our own way, or we're trying to carry things ourselves. And both things happen, and we have to catch ourselves before it really starts to hurt. Because the Lord wants us to be walking his way. And sometimes he will just say, you done yet? Because you're not really getting very far. It'd be nice if we just kept going. But, you know, when you're ready. And then it's up to us to say, yeah, you're right, Lord. I need, I need to keep going with you. The Lord actually spoke to me about this week when I mentioned all of those different things. The Lord pointed out to me that there were certain things that I was just trying to carry on my own, things that I hadn't given to him to trust him with, things that I thought, oh, yeah, I just need to figure this out and whatever else like that, and actually hadn't turned to the Lord and said, Lord, I need to trust you with this. I've tried. It's not working, and um, I just need to bring it to you in the first place and to trust you with it and to be obedient to you in that. The Lord gave me peace and rest, and he solved a couple of things. He had me leave other things alone, but it took for the Lord reminding me, hey, Tom, come on, come on. You, you know this. You, you, need to, you need to actually trust me with these things. Why, why try and do these things yourself? Because that's the reality. Sometimes we just think, oh, this needs to be done, and we kind of move forwards in it and not realize we're actually moving on our own strength. We're going forwards in our own way, not realizing I'm, I'm walking a different path to the one the Lord wants me on right now. So 
As a consequence, I ended up feeling tired and burdened. But in coming to the Lord and trusting him with these things, I actually found rest in him because I was able to trust him with these things. And some of these things are larger things, things that weren't just solved this week, but they're things that each time my own flesh and myself, that I think, oh yeah, about that thing, I have to remind myself, Lord, I'm trusting you with this. I need to just give it to you and allow you to lead me on this rather than me trying to lead myself on this. There have been other times when I've been trying to go my way and the Lord's reminded me to turn back to him. Times when I needed to listen to what the Lord actually had to say rather than trying to move forwards just because I thought it was a good thing to do. Life isn't easy going as a Christian. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know that. And probably a lot of us know that the hard way. But it is made easier by abiding with Jesus. Because when we abide with him, we can trust him in our co-laboring. We can trust him with the different things that we encounter, with the different things that might be placed upon us. Because we can co-labor. We don't have to be carrying these things alone. So we need to recognize when we're not walking with Jesus or not trusting him with something and turn back to him before it gets too burdensome. We need to notice those things and say, all right, I'm going to catch this real quick while I've noticed it, while I've recognized it. And Lord, hey, this thing I've been trying to carry on my own and I realize I shouldn't be trying to carry this on my own. We come to Jesus with our burdens and as we remain with him, as we've come to him already, we've decided, Lord, I want to take your yoke upon me. We walk with him. We abide with him. He will help us with the demands of life, whether by trusting him with them or sometimes the Lord will speak to us and say, hey, you need to lay that aside. You're not, you need to not be entangling yourself with that in the first place. That as Paul says, let us set aside every weight, let aside every sin, and let us run the race set before us. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be laying aside these things and moving forward with what he wants us to be doing. And if you haven't come to Jesus, if you haven't come to him with the weight of your sin, I urge you to come to Jesus today, to trust in his saving work upon the cross and to take his yoke and to walk with him. So if you haven't done that, I urge you to come to myself or any of the guys who you've seen up front today, and we will gladly pray with you. It's something that you can do yourself. You don't need anyone else, any other human being to do it with you, but we will gladly do it with you. So let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can find rest in you. We can find rest for our weary and burdened souls. Father, help us to recognize when uh, we are feeling weary and burdened and to turn back to you. Help us to turn these things over to you to not try and just carry these things while walking your way, but to recognize the offer that you set before us, to come to you all who are weary and heavy laden and that you will give us rest. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you that you lead us and that you guide us into all truth. And we pray that you would help us to recognize these things and to turn them over to you to trust you with our lives, to 
take your yoke upon us, that we would humble ourselves and that we would learn from you, that we would be teachable. And uh, Father, we just praise you and we thank you for today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.